Praise the Lord. Um, it's already one good afternoon, brothers and sisters. It's a joy to see you, and it's a joy for me to be here. She didn't tell you that I live in the village. I live in Mukono, and so it's a joy for me to come to the city uh, to see the nice buildings and uh, very smart people. Yeah, it, it, it's, um, I'm, I'm so amazed at what God is doing here in this church, you know, 10 years of, of, of powerful ministry, uh, we thank God. Praise the Lord so much. Amen. Um, you've heard my name. I am born again. I accepted the Lord as my Savior in the year 2008 on 20th of April when I was a young man like you, and I accepted the Lord. I have worked with the Lord. I now have a family. Um, I bring you greetings from my wife, Joy. Uh, we've been married for seven years now, and we have a son. Yeah, thank you. We have a son, and um, I was telling the people in the first service that uh, she calls me her dream, so she calls me Rev Dreamer. So you have to handle me with care because I'm someone's dream. Praise the Lord. Amen. I was asked to talk about uh, gifts of revelation, gifts of um, revelation, and that is the gift of the word of wisdom, the gift of the word of knowledge, and the gift of discerning spirits. Three gifts, gift of the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and of discerning spirits. That is what I'm going to be uh, talking about. Let's pray as we look into God's word. Father, we thank you uh, for your people. I pray that uh, spirit of the living God that you will speak. I pray that you will edify our hearts and may your word change us. May your word, Lord, renew our ways. May your word, O oh God, equip us for every good work and service through Jesus Christ our Lord, I pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Um, gifts of um, revelation. Gifts of revelation. The word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and um, discerning of spirits. Now, thank you, my brother, for the reading. First uh, Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4 to 11, gives us a list of gifts given by the Spirit of God. You know, the Apostle Paul was dealing with uh, divisions in the church, and one of those things that had caused divisions was actually spiritual gifts. And as you saw last Sunday, you know, Paul takes time to explain that all these gifts are given by the same spirit, and they are given for the purpose of building up the church. Hallelujah. Amen. But let me point out that um, there is a difference between spiritual gifts and talents. Many times we confuse spiritual gifts and talents. Let me say that God, out of his abundance, does give gifts. I mean, does give talents. God gives talents to Christians and non-Christians. 
Do you agree? God gives talents to Christians and non-Christians. You'll find a talented footballer who is a Christian and one who is not a Christian. Like, I love cooking. Cooking, you know, is my passion. You know, we'll find a cook who is a Christian and one who is not a Christian. But not so with spiritual gifts. First of all, we know that when we come to the Lord Jesus Christ, he gives us, when we get saved, we get the Spirit of God. We receive the Holy Spirit. In fact, Paul calls the Holy Spirit as a seal to show that we are his. So when we receive the Holy Spirit, we get gifts. God bestows upon us spiritual gifts through his spirit. Like we see the list in this passage. Prophesying, you know, the ones we are looking at, the gift of the word of wisdom, knowledge, um, discerning spirits, gifts of administration, gifts. He gives us gifts when we come to the Lord. So let me say that spiritual gifts are only for believers. If you're not a believer, if you do not have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, then you do not have the Holy Spirit. And therefore, you cannot have the spirits, I mean, I mean the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives. I hope you get me. You cannot have the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives. Praise the Lord so much. So with that said, let us now focus on uh, the gifts of, of wisdom, gifts of uh, the gift of knowledge, and um, the gift of discerning uh, spirits. The gift of wisdom, gift of knowledge, and gift of discerning spirits. So the reason as to why we call these revelation gifts is because each one of these gifts does reveal something as we are going to see. Praise the Lord so much. And in verse 8 particularly, we see the Bible says that for to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit and to another the word of knowledge through the same spirit. So you may be wondering which one is better. Wisdom, knowledge, you know, discerning spirits, which one is better? Here we see that all these gifts come from the same spirit. They come from the same God. It is God who gives these gifts to build up his church so that we can serve him. Hallelujah. But Paul here begins with a gift of wisdom. The gift of wisdom. The gift of the word of wisdom in verse 8. That's what Paul begins with. Well, some people have said that maybe it's because this is uh, more important. But I don't want to say that this is more important because all these gifts come from the same God. They come from the same spirit. Praise the Lord so much. So you may be wondering, what is wisdom then, preacher man? What is wisdom? Let me say that wisdom is seeing things from God's viewpoint. Seeing things from God's viewpoint. In other words, as you make a decision or as you do something, you ask yourself, what would God have done here? Or what would Jesus do? I always, you know, I always hear people say that, that wisdom is using knowledge rightly. I think that also makes great sense 
that wisdom is using knowledge rightly. That means that wisdom and knowledge go together. Praise the Lord so much. So it is wisdom, we, we can define wisdom as the fitting use of knowledge. The fitting use of, of knowledge. Of, of course, we'll, we'll uh, look at that um, later on. The fitting use of, um, of, of, of knowledge. Hallelujah. So brothers and sisters, let me say that from this verse, from verse 8 of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, um, I can say that wisdom is God's counsel bestowed upon us, which enables us to make godly and wise decisions. We see that God gives wisdom, and when we have God's wisdom, we are able to make godly and wise choices. As we're going to see, as young people, we will make a lot of decisions in life. Isn't it? Decisions on, um, you know, maybe which school you go to, uh, which job to take on, which job not to take on, or who you will marry, decisions like that. So we need God's wisdom to be able to make a godly and, um, you know, wise decisions. Let me say, friends, that wisdom comes from Jesus Christ. Wisdom comes from Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is our wisdom, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 30. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 30. Jesus Christ is our wisdom. The Bible says, it is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. Hallelujah. And friends, please do not confuse wisdom and human genius. You know, there is a difference between worldly wisdom and God's wisdom. The two are different. In fact, when you read that passage again, when you read 1 Corinthians um, chapter 1, from verse 25, the Bible talks about the difference between God's wisdom and the wisdom of the world. And the Bible says that the foolishness of God is greater than the wisdom of the world. Did you hear that? The foolishness of God is greater than the wisdom of the world. There are things, there are decisions you make as a Christian and people will call you a fool. And they will say, look at this fool. Maybe your, your, your parent or your employer gives you money to go and buy something and you return the balance. The people in the world, the genius out there will say, he is a fool, isn't it? But the Bible says the wisdom of God, I mean the foolishness of God is greater than the wisdom of the world. So you can read about that uh, passage, 1 Corinthians from verse 20 to 30. So friends, how can we apply God's wisdom? How can we apply this gift of wisdom in our day-to-day -day life, in our lives? I want to suggest a few things here. Number one, when we are persecuted for our faith, you understand that word persecution? When we are persecuted, when we are tortured, when we are mistreated, you know, because of our faith, we need wisdom. 
who need the word of wisdom to be able to give an answer to our persecutors. I'll give you an example. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 18 to 20, the Bible says, And you will be dragged before the governors and kings for my sake, to bear witness before them and the Gentiles. When they deliver, when they deliver you over, do not be anxious how you are to speak or what you are to say. For what you are to say will be given to you in that hour. For it is not you who will speak, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. There will be times, maybe at school, maybe your classmates trying to mistreat or trying to mishandle you because of your faith. The Bible says that the spirit of God will give you wisdom, will give you what to say, what to answer. Praise the Lord so much. We also have another example of Stephen. Stephen is the first uh, Christian martyr. We read about him in the book of Acts chapter 6 and chapter 7. Acts chapter 6 and 7. This man, you know, was brought before the religious leaders. But God, the Bible says that this man was full of the spirit of wisdom. The Bible says in Acts chapter, uh, chapter 6 verse 10 that they could not stand up against his wisdom. They could not stand up against his wisdom or the spirit by whom he spoke. In other words, he was so full of the spirit of wisdom. He spoke with boldness and guess what? They killed him. They killed him. Do you know that the lesson here is that sometimes we will be mistreated even when we speak with wisdom. People will go ahead and torture us. But remember that God will always deliver us. Stephen was killed and the Bible says that God gave him the crown of life. In fact, the name Stephen means crown because God gave him the crown of eternal life. Praise the Lord so much. So the spirit of God was at work in him. Secondly, we can apply the word of wisdom in defending our faith, defending what we believe. Do you know that even today there are so many wrong teachers? People who twist the word of God. But the Bible says that God will give you wisdom and you'll be able to say, uh, to defend your faith. Jesus was full of the spirit of wisdom. There was a time he was speaking before the scribes. Scribes were learned people. They were writers. He engaged with them. I don't think Jesus had gone to a university. That's why I told you that wisdom is greater. The wisdom of God is greater than the wisdom of the world. Okay? So Jesus had not gone to a university. But he engaged with them, and at the end of it, they say to him, you have spoken well. Luke chapter 20 and verse 39. They said, you have spoken well. And in fact, they stopped there. The Bible says they did not ask him any more questions. Praise the Lord so much. Third, friends, in solving problems, solving problems, we need the word, we need the gift of wisdom. We need the gift of wisdom in solving problems in our lives. 
Praise the Lord so much. Yes, there will be a time when you have to solve a problem and you need the wisdom of God. When you read the book of Acts in chapter 6, when the church was growing, the apostles were concerned about the leadership of the church. They needed some leaders to lead the church so that they could concentrate on preaching the gospel. Now, guess what happened? Guess what happened? The Bible says in, in, in Acts chapter 6 and verse 3, this is what they said. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. They looked out for people who were full of the spirit of wisdom. They didn't look out for people who could reason. They didn't look out for people who could eat a lot, who were strong, who were energetic. They looked out for people who were full of the spirit of wisdom. Praise the Lord so much. And I guess you have read about the example of Solomon. Very wise man. And when he came into power as a king, he prayed to God for wisdom. First Kings chapter 3 from verse 1. He prayed for wisdom. But from verse 16, guess what? There was a problem. Two prostitutes, two women were fighting for a baby. And because Solomon was full of the spirit of God, do you know what he did? He said, we should cut this baby into two pieces. And uh, one of the women said, yes, you are right, my Lord. Let's cut the baby into two pieces. The other one said, okay. Now let her take the baby. For sure, if it is your child, can, can you say that we cut the child into two pieces? Now you see great wisdom at play. And indeed, the king made a wise ruling because he was full of the wisdom of God. Hallelujah. We can apply this word also, point number four, in our living among unbelievers. In our living among unbelievers. You agree with me that we go to schools where people do not believe in God. People do not have a relationship with God. Some of our teachers don't even believe in God. So we live among unbelievers. We have friends who are not born again. Do you agree with me? That is where we need the gift of wisdom from the spirit of God to be able to live among them. Paul in Colossians chapter 4 and verse 5 tells the believers to conduct themselves wisely, to conduct themselves with wisdom toward non-believers or toward outsiders. You see that? That we are to live with wisdom before unbelievers. Do you know there will be times when your unbelieving friends who do not believe in God will test you to see whether you have the wisdom of God, to see whether you are born again. You know, when I was dating my wife in 2013, 2013 is when the teens church started here. Praise the Lord. Now, a friend of mine learned that I was dating someone. He asked me, so, have you slept with this girl? I want you to listen to this. Have you slept with this girl? And I told, I told him, no, I can't because I am a Christian. I am born again. And he said, hey, hey, look at you. 
Huh? Are you seeing the wisdom of God now? And that of the world? And he said, how can you marry someone without first sleeping with them? Are you hearing me? Hey, how, how will you know that she's a woman? How will you know? Those are the questions he asked me. How will you know that she can give birth? Do you know that some of you have been asked the same questions? And you're like, now what should I do? You see that? So friends, such questions will come your way. Some of your friends will challenge you. You were virgin. Come on. In this age, you were virgin. Hey. Conduct yourselves wisely before unbelievers. Hallelujah. Apply the wisdom of God. Tell them, I am a child of God. Quote the word of God. Don't you know that my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in me? You hear me? Hallelujah. So friends, we need the wisdom of God as we live in this world. Now, let us look at the word of knowledge, the gift of the word of knowledge. We've been looking at wisdom. Now let's look at, um, at knowledge. Now this gift is mentioned in uh, various parts of scripture when you read the Bible. First of all, in uh, verse 8 of our passage, we see that um, some people are given, some believers are given the gift of the word of knowledge. We see it also in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 from verse 1 to 3. And also we see it in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 6. Let me say that there are basically two ways of understanding this gift. Two ways of understanding the gift of knowledge. The gift of knowledge. First of all, a person can learn something, can learn, for example, biblical truth. And he or she, you know, will accumulate biblical knowledge. They will have knowledge, biblical knowledge. Praise the Lord so much. And once they have learned, once they have studied, once they have read the Bible, these people will have the gift to teach, to impart, to instruct others. And here I can think of, um, you know, our pastor, Reverend Lovinsa. I can think of my Sunday school teacher. They have studied the word of God, they have the knowledge, and they can teach. Praise the Lord so much. Think of such people. Now let me say that Jesus Christ, you know, also had this gift. In many parts of scripture we see that he has the knowledge when the devil tempts him. He answers with scripture. He responds. Praise the Lord. And he says it is written that man shall not live by bread alone. It is written you shall not put your God to test. Luke chapter 4. Jesus has this knowledge. Hallelujah. He teaches in many parts of scripture. He teaches. And at some point he was asked about a man who had many wives in life. And they asked him, when this man dies, you know, what will happen to him? He had many wives. That is in Matthew chapter 22, verse 29 to 30. Do you know how he responded? He responded 
This way says you are in wrong because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God. This is what he responded. And he told them that at resurrection, people will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will be like angels in heaven. He is using knowledge, the word of knowledge to teach, to impart. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. The other way of looking at this gift, the word of knowledge, is when one gets a revelation. The other one was knowledge. It's the knowledge of the word of God. Now here, when one gets a revelation about a person or something, when the word of knowledge manifests this way, it comes as a sure conviction, impression, or knowing to your heart as a person who has this gift. You can know about me. Ha, Reverend is going through this. It may come in form of a mental picture. It can be a dream, because in the Bible we see people who dream. It can be a vision, and it can be a Bible verse. God may show you a Bible verse that will speak into my life, into my situation. Hallelujah. So in brief, the word of knowledge can be a supernatural insight into what God is doing in my circumstance or in one's circumstance or problems without you being assisted hmm? without being assisted to see what I am going through I am told of pastors in Kampala who spy on people in the course of the week now when you go there on Sunday they start saying "Ah, my brother God showed me God showed me you are building a house but you don't have money and you are like ah Go deeper, man of God. Go deeper. You're saying, this is my word. But they have spied on you. I was actually watching a documentary of pastors here in Kampala who even go ahead to forge miracles, to forge revelations. Hello, friends. We need to exercise all these gifts. Hallelujah. Let me give you an example. When Lazarus, you know Lazarus? Yes, our Sunday school, you will, you will remember this story in Sunday school. John chapter 11, when Lazarus was sick, they called Jesus. They knew he was about to die. And Jesus <laughs> said to them, the sickness will not end in death. And he says, no, it will be for God's glory. That the Son may be glorified through it. Jesus is not with Lazarus. But he's saying this in John 11 and verse 4. He can see that this sickness will not end in death. It will be for the glory of God. Of course, we know Lazarus died and he had been in the grave for days. When Jesus arrived, he turned, you know, the narrative around and Lazarus came out of, of the grave. Praise the Lord so much. Hallelujah. Another example I can give you is that of... Um, uh, is that of uh, Peter. You know, Peter um, and, and, and Simon, I mean, Peter encountered a, a sorcerer called Simon. Simon was a sorcerer. And this man wanted to buy the gifts of God. He wanted to give, you know, he wanted to give Peter money to buy the gifts of God. And Peter answered to him. He says, may your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. 
You have no part or share in this ministry because your heart is not right before God. Peter can see in the heart of this man and he says, your heart is not right with God. And he says, repent of this wickedness and pray to the Lord in the hope that he may forgive you for having such a thought in your heart. For I see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin. Peter is seeing into the other man. Nobody has told him about the man. Acts chapter 8, verse 20 uh, to 23. Of course, the common example I can give is that of Jesus and the Samaritan woman. You have read about Jesus and the Samaritan woman at the well? Yeah, Jesus encounters the woman and they, they, they talk. And, 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 and Jesus tells the woman to go and, and, and call, his, uh, to call her husband. And the woman, the woman says, he's not there. And Jesus goes ahead to say, I see you have had five even the one you have currently is not yours. Nobody had ever told Jesus about this, you know, this woman. And she was surprised. Praise the Lord. So this was by the revelation gift of the word of knowledge. Revelation gift of the word of knowledge. How do we apply this gift, friends? How do we apply this gift, friends? One, let me say that this gift works with wisdom. This, the gift of knowledge works with wisdom. The word of knowledge should work with the gift of wisdom. When God gives you supernatural knowledge, uh, supernatural knowledge into a particular situation or about me or about any of the reverence here, you know, then you have to pray for wisdom on how you will apply this knowledge on how you will say whatever God showed you about this person. You're not going to go to church and put up your hand and say, huh, I saw in the dream, I saw, I saw, Reverend Kamoga, you were stealing money, I saw. Mm -mm. You need wisdom, you need the gift of wisdom. They go hand in hand. You need the gift of wisdom to apply the gift of knowledge. I hope you can see. Praise the Lord so much. Hallelujah. The other way we can apply this gift of wisdom is especially about a condition of another person, is not, you know, to show off. We should not show off when we have this gift. I hope you can get me. When God gives you a gift of seeing or knowing what is going on in one's life, you should not show off bragging and, 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 and showing that you know everything and, and before the public in fact, one can have this gift without knowing. One can have this gift without even knowing. And we must exercise this gift in humility, with a humble heart. Hallelujah. With a humble heart, in humility, in humility. Point number three is that this gift comes from God. It is the power of God at work in your life. It is not an, you know, occult kind of power. You know, power, you know, from other spirits or what? It is God's power. And it is for building up the body of Christ. It's for building up God's church. Praise the Lord so much. This gift is for building up the body of Christ. And this will lead us to our last point here. That it is, it, it, it is not for personal gain. It should not be used for personal gain. I know of many, again, because I, 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 I serve here in Kampala. People who will come here in Kampala and say they organize a crusade. 
come and I tell you about you. But you have to pay some money. You hear that? You pay some money so that the man of God can tell you everything that you are going through. I think you've heard of that. He, you pay some money. I remember my brother went to, you know, to one of the churches here in Kampala. And when he reached there, they told him now there are rooms. There are about five rooms. And in the first room, you pay 50000 The second room, uh, you will pay 100000 The third room, you will pay uh, 200000 And the last room, you will pay 500000 There you will talk to the pastor directly. And he will tell you everything about, you know, your life, what you're going through. That is for, for personal gain. And if you go to a church and, 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 and like that and the pastor says, pay some money, you have got to run for your dear life. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Finally, friends, let's look at the spirit, uh, the gift of discerning spirits. The gift of uh, discerning spirits. And this we see in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 10. Verse 10. The Bible says in verse 10, and to another faith by the same spirit, and to another gifts of healing uh, by that one spirit, and to another miraculous powers, and to another prophecy, and to another distinguishing between spirits. Praise the Lord so much. Distinguishing between spirits. Friends, we need to distinguish. We need to be a discerning church, a discerning generation. Praise the Lord so much. Now, let me say that discerning of spirits is the supernatural ability given by the Holy Spirit. Given by the Holy Spirit. To perceive the source of a spiritual manifestation and determine whether it is from God or it is from the devil or it is from, you know, from one's mind. From one's mind. For example, somebody coming to you and saying, God is showing me, my brother, that you'll be my husband. Huh? You, you hear that? You have got to discern. You have got to, to go into prayer. You have got to read the word of God. To be able to discern whether this is God's word. Or whether this is the word of the devil. Or from the person. From, from their mind. You see that? We have got to be discerning. You know, when I was looking for someone to marry, there was a girl that was brought to me. And I said, Reverend, you're going to marry this one. Now this girl, I don't know what her problem was. I meet her the first time, and she told me, Reverend, buy me pork. I bought pork. Now the following day, she, she, she started demanding it. I don't know whether you get it. There is no rapport yet, no relationship yet. You have not talked. But every time you talk, Reverend Pork. Pork. I said, mm, wait a minute. Is this from God? Huh? What happens if I don't have money for pork? Will the relationship still be on? Ah, hello? <clears throat> Praise the Lord. We have got to be discerning. We have got to be discerning. In the book of Acts chapter 16, verse 16 to 18, Acts 16, verse 16 to 18, we are told of the story of Paul and Silas. You know, they were preachers. And they were traveling, you know, in Philippi. 
Philippi. Philippi today, you know, is, is, is in Greece. Philippi. And a certain slave girl possessed with an evil spirit of divination or fortune telling came to them. And she began to say things that had happened to them. And by the way, whatever she said was true. But listen, listen. For example, she said, these men are servants of the Most High God. True. They proclaim to us the way of salvation. True. But something was wrong. Something was wrong. The right thing was being said by the wrong spirit that was lifting up these men instead of lifting up Jesus. She does not mention Jesus. She does not mention in Jesus. You know, she does not mention Jesus um, as, of course, she, she, she tells them everything uh, concerning their lives. She's not mentioning Jesus. So a wrong spirit is saying something that is, that is true. You see why we need to be discerning? We need to be discerning. Now listen to what happens. Listen to what happens. This is what happens. Um, now, in verse 18, verse 18 of that passage of uh, Acts chapter 16, verse 18, now Paul was annoyed. The Bible says in verse 16, but Paul greatly annoyed in his spirit, turned and said to her, I command you in the name of Jesus to come out of her. Because this girl had an evil spirit. Someone may say everything about you, and yet that does not mean that they are speaking for God, that God has sent them to speak into your life. So we must be a discerning church. A discerning church is one that reads the word of God. A discerning church is one that prays. A discerning church is one that waits, waits on God. God will always speak. Now like my girl, I got to know indeed that she was not interested in, 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 in me. She, she didn't love me. She wanted her own things. Yeah. And, uh, you know, after a short, you know, <laughs> period of time, she stopped calling and, 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 and that was the end. Because I could not provide pork every, you know, almost every day. Discernment is a crucial gift, especially for us young people. It is a crucial gift. Without it, without it, let me say that the church travels blind down the highway of life. You know, life can be challenging. And for us to, 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 to walk in this life, to walk in our journey with the Lord, we need to be discerning. Especially here in Kampala. I have ministered here for about six years now. Let me tell you, we have to be discerning. They are pastors who twist the word of God. And, 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 and these are very good speakers. They're very eloquent guys. You know, they will tell you about the grace of God, how God loves you, how God has a wonderful plan. That is true. But they go on to say, because God loves you, God cannot punish you when you sin. And then therefore they tell you that, therefore you cannot even sin. You cannot sin because God has saved you. It is finished giving you partial truth. They tell you, when you go before the Lord, now repenting is a wastage of time. Really? Repenting is a wastage of time. They tell you all these things, and they sound sweet. So if you are not discerning, you say, wow, God, deeper man of God. 
God, if a man of God. And I have encountered young people, and when you try to correct them, they will say, um, you are trying to limit God. You are putting God in a box. You lack faith. You are being religious. Hmm? Even at my age, they call you old man. You are, they, they call me, look at that old man. Hmm? So we have to be discerning. We have to be discerning. Praise the Lord so much. Unfortunately, we have replaced discernment with experience. Experience and worldly wisdom. Because you can interpret something in your mind and you say, no, I'll take this. Yeah. After all, I can go about this and, and find a way of doing it and that will be it. Friends, God wants us to be a discerning church. And remember I say that a discerning church reads the word of God. Praise the Lord so much. We best our decisions on the word of God, not on our experience, not on what we know or what we have been through. We have to, to, to wait on God. What is God saying? If, if, if two young men are proposing to you, that they, they are presenting their manifestos to you, and you have got to pray. You know, the wisdom of the word will tell you, come on, you can play all, all of them. Eh? You can play them around. You know, you, you can. But you will hear the voice of God tell you, really? Really, Esther? Really? The wisdom of God will tell you, pray to God to show you the right one. Wait. But the wisdom of God will tell you, ah, waiting. I remember before I got saved, I had friends who would tell me, hey, you man, are they going to make timber out of you? Huh? So why are you keeping yourself? And you, you hear all these voices. And before you know it, you give in. So you need to be discerning. Is this the voice of God or the voice of my friends? Let me also say that sometimes God will speak through people. Yeah, it is true that God will speak through people. But we have got to be careful. We have got to pray. We have got to read the word of God. For example, if what your friend or what your teacher is saying is not consistent with the word of God, then you, 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 you have to know that that is not the voice of God. That is the voice of the devil. If somebody tells you that you, you cannot abstain, you know, in today's world, you cannot be, you cannot be a virgin. Is, is that consistent with the word of God? By the way, when you read the word of God, all the people that God chooses, you know, for example, the Virgin Mary. So you cannot say that, you know, that is not applicable today. We, we don't need virgins today. If we need them in the Bible times, we need them today. Praise the Lord so much. So, read the word of God. Pray. Wait on God. And you hear God uh, speak to you. Praise the Lord so much. So as I bring this to a close, friends, as young people, we badly need discernment, the gift of discernment. We need the gift of knowledge and wisdom. I hope you can see the relationship between each of these gifts. Okay. Wisdom, knowledge, and all these must be sub subjected to discernment. We need to be a discerning church. We need to have knowledge of the word of God. Praise the Lord so much. And we need the wisdom of God that will make decisions that will honor God. Hallelujah. Let's conclude in prayer. Father, thank you for your word to us. Thank you for speaking to us about 
the gifts that you give to us, the gift of wisdom, of the word of wisdom, the gift of the word of knowledge, and the gift of discerning spirits. Lord, I pray for myself, as I pray for my brothers and sisters here, you know that they have to make decisions on a daily basis. At home, at their places of work, in school, Lord, as they interact with friends, they have to make decisions. I pray that, Lord God, that you will, out of them, raise a generation that, Lord, will listen to you. A generation that will be full of wisdom from you. A generation that will know your word, that will have knowledge of your word. A generation, Lord, that, Lord, will be discerning. I pray that, Lord God, if there is anyone that is having confusion in any way, having issues, Lord, solving a problem in life, I pray, Spirit of the living God, that, Lord, you will speak to them and help them to make the right choices, choices that honor you, that they will be discerning. I thank you. This is my prayer, Lord, for myself and for my brothers and sisters. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, I pray. Amen.